0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Let's open up our Bibles today. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, if you are joining us from around the world, we welcome you to our staff prayer time. Uh, We're talking about getting more spiritual, (laughs) which is something I desire to to be, Uh, and I trust you do too, no matter who you are. I think our goal is to remove the veil and to see clearly who the Lord is and His ways, and to be the spiritual uh, people that God has asked us to be. I think we mentioned this the last time that we met, but Peter wrote, and he was talking to ladies. He said, let not your attention be on physical things, that you would look in a mirror and say, I've made myself beautiful. But he said, let your attention be on spiritual things, that you would look at the Word of God and use it as a mirror and to say, I have made myself beautiful. And we live in a world that esteems fleshly things and desires to improve the flesh and to get it in better shape, Um, not even for health and strength, but for beauty and recognition. Um, That desires so strongly to present itself as impressive through the way we talk, through the way we post on social media, the comments, the likes that we get, the interactions that we get. We live in a world that is incredibly mindful of physical things, of status. Um, Psychologists even tell us that before we even talk to someone, when we walk up with someone because of the way that we've been trained, we rank them on if we'll be able to interact with them, if we should be intimidated by them if we should not be intimidated by them. Because we esteem, just in and of the self, fleshly things. The world, the flesh, the devil have trained us to esteem fleshly things. And the Lord is giving us the call of John in Revelations to come up higher. That if you have, Paul said it this way, that if you are of Christ, seek those things that are above Seek those things that are of Christ. And so we're on this journey to become spiritual people, a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. We said this last week. How many of those do you actually know? Uh, How many spiritual men do you know? How many spiritual women do you know? People who are governed by the Spirit, not governed by the flesh, not governed by the world. And let me just paraphrase this by saying what I'm about to say. In no means am I saying that I have ever met one person who was perfect at this. Um, And I have met some very spiritual people, but there have been moments where I have seen that they have been incredibly in their flesh. And don't we see that with every person in Scripture as well? That we, we see moments of beautiful surrender and times where they were incredibly in tune to God and his working in the earth but then other times where we see them very carnal and making mistakes and even the great apostle Paul who had visions and revelations of the Lord and caught up to the third heaven is the same guy who wrote there's many times I know to do some things and I find myself not doing the things I know to do and that gives me comfort I don't know about you Uh, But the goal is to arrive to a place of Christianity. And remember where that name came from. It didn't come from disciples. Um, It it came from people who looked at people who were disciples of Jesus and said they are like Christ. They are Christians. And uh, the hallmark of Christ was seeking purely spiritual things, that, that out of this, I don't live by bread alone. And think about even that statement and and how much like we live by natural things in our our world. How much do we talk about what we're going to eat? Uh, What are we going to eat for lunch? What are we going to eat for dinner? Uh, You know, all those, we talk so much about natural things. And Jesus is like, I have meat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In fact, I, I literally listen to the Father before I say anything and then to make sure what I say is actually in tune to what the Father wants me to say. And I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to do. I, I wait on the Father to see what He wants me to do and then I do that and when I don't know, I pull away from you. And I, I go to mountains and I pray and I sit in gardens and I pray and I get in tune with God until I see what to do next, until I know what to say next. The ultimate spiritual man. And so the goal for us is to to come and be more Christ-like. That yes, there will be moments where we succumb to the flesh. And yes, there will be moments where we are, are patterned after the world. And yes, there are moments where the enemy tempts us like he tempted Christ and we yield to that temptation. That there will be moments like that in our life. But the goal is that we have the heavenly call to come up higher. Um, And that we hear that call and there's a genuine desire in us as a man, as a woman, to answer that call and to come up higher, to leave the things of the world and to set our attention on the things that are above. And so this is kind of a journey um, to get there and steps on which to get there and ways to kind of refine our lives to get to that place. And there was somebody that I had in my life who was a very spiritual man, one of the more spiritual men that I've ever met, a, people, a person that I genuinely saw model Christ, um, not just from a stage but even behind the scenes and personally. And out of that, um, he wrote a, a book, and in the book he talked about the hallmarks of a spiritual person And we talked about one of those. He listed three, and I just want to kind of take those three things and build those things out. The first one being that the the hallmark of a spiritual person esteems earthly things lightly. And if you've ever read Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, which is a, a book that I highly recommend, I think it's chapter two, where he talks about that same premise, that if you are in the pursuit of God, it means the esteeming of earthly things is not on your radar and he uses the example of Abraham. I went back and read that story. I thought, you know, just seeing it in this context and see it in this light, that you see Abraham is a man that's incredibly blessed by God, and the Bible literally calls him very rich. And um, he's at this place where he has a lot of the things that people would think that they would get. It's like, you know, in our our lottery, lottery obsessed culture right now, it's like, if I won the lottery, what would I do? It's like, Abraham kind of won the lottery in the sense of he was very rich and he had a lot of the things that people would look at. And then there's a strife that arises in his family and a strife that arises in his his company. And strife is a spiritual thing. Um, it is the manifest presence of the devil. Love is the manifest presence of God. Strife is the manifest presence of the enemy. He is the spirit of Cain that makes a brother turn on another brother, um, that that causes division. Um, And so the spirit of strife is when I'm sowing discord and God hates it. He hates discord. Of when through my thoughts or actions, I am creating discord between me and someone else or someone, or something else, because it is the manifest presence of the devil. He is filled with hate. He is filled with strife. And so it's a spiritual thing. So here you have Abraham with all of these natural things, but he knows spiritually, I am off right now, and this is not good. And so he comes and he humbles himself before Lot, and he is, he's telling Lot, of, look, let there be no strife, he says, between me and you. I don't want any strife between me and you, and you tell me what we need to have no strife between each other. He allows him to set the parameters. And they begin to have this separation. And so he tells them, like, well, what's in your best interest? You go first. You pick what you want. And Lot esteems earthly things very highly. So what does he do? He looks with the eyes of the flesh instead of the heart of the spirit and he sees the most well-watered land, and he sees this earthly place that it's like, that'd be perfect. I can go there and prosper. I can go there, and my, all my earthly things will get better. I may leave my spiritual covering. I la- may leave my spiritual leader. I may leave the, the spiritual source that all these things have come from. But like my, my flesh sees all these earthly things. The land is very well-watered. It's the, the best of the land. And so I will take my family in this direction. And he settles in the plains that overlook Sodom and Gomorrah. And he takes the best of the land. This is very selfish. Uh, This is um, esteeming himself better than someone else. This is taking what he wants for himself and, and not leaving Abraham, like who's the reason why he has all of this. I'm Not leaving Abraham, he's leaving him with the worst while he is taking the best. And you know what Abraham does? He lovingly lets him have it. Because these earthly things meant nothing to him. But to have no strife, that he esteems spiritual things above natural things, to have a place of love and to have a place of peace and to have a place of harmony meant more to him than the riches of this world. And so he let it go. Uh, And out of that, the Bible tells us that after uh, Abraham separated himself from Lot, God took him up to a mountain and showed him all these other things and said, all that you see, now I will give it to you. And this is very interesting to me because, you know, there's always been within Christianity, it's like, is it right for a Christian to have wealth? Is it right for a Christian to have resources? Like, how much is too much? And you you see a lot of people think, well, Christians shouldn't have that. That's too much. But then if, if I've been all over the world, and if you took somebody from, you know, certain places in the world and showed them whatever watch you have on your wrist, whether it's $10 or $20, they could come back and be like, you have more than me. And so, where do you stop drawing the line? Um, It's very interesting with all these things. Um, So, does God have a problem with Christians having wealth? Well, from everything that I see from Scripture, whether it's Job or whether it's um, um, what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9 or what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 or Psalms 23 or Psalms 103 or Psalms 112 or Abraham, who is the father of our faith, uh, to David, to Solomon, he asked for wisdom and God said, not only will I give you wisdom, but I'll give you riches, honor, and life. Uh, you know, all these other types of things. I'll make you so rich that your riches will be greater than all, the, like all these types of things that I can't see any scriptural basis of, of like um, God being against you having something in this life so long as it does not have you and it is not the idol that you bow to. Um, this is a very interesting question. And this is not my notes at all. Maybe I didn't even need my notes. <laughs> um, if you were to do a fill in the blank, blank is always on my mind. You can write that down if you're listening to that on podcast. Right now, like, blank is always on my mind. What is, what is blank? Blank is always on my mind. What is blank? Is it your kids? My kids are all, is it your health? Is it your fitness? Is it your money or your lack thereof? Uh, Is it um, the sickness? Is it getting a new car? Is it getting a new house? Blank is always on my mind. Whatever blank is, is Lord. That is your Lord. What you worry about, you worship. And this is why Jesus said, you know, in Matthew 6, no man can serve two masters. And he said, you'll either serve one or the other. And he said, let me tell you what the two masters is. It's me or it's money. Uh, And this is where money is always on their mind. That's why we have a lottery-obsessed culture. Money is always on our mind. Possession, stuff, status from stuff is always on our mind. And then what does Jesus say? Take no thought. Because worry about those things is worship of those things. Whatever I'm worrying about, I'm bowing my knee to whatever I'm thinking about all the time is Lord, which is why Jesus came after Isaac. Uh, because what was always on... If, if Abraham ever had a rival for what was truly Lord in his life, if he ever had a rival, something that competed with the Lord, we see it definitely wasn't stuff. He's like, I'll give it all to a lot. I don't care about it. I just don't want strife. Um, if, if like stuff was not on his mind... What in Abraham's story was literally always on his mind? What was it? Yes, a son. And you would see him come to God and be like, what is going on? Like, you blessed me with all this stuff. Who am I going to leave it to? I'm going to leave it to a servant. Uh, And he's like, "I I want a child. I want a son. And so God gives him his request, and he sends him a son. And he's holding this son, and then what does God come and ask for? His son. Because whatever is always on your mind is competing for the lordship of your life. And for the spiritual man, the Lord is always on my mind. Am I pleasing him? Is this honoring him? What, what, you remember Joseph? I love this example. I use it often. But like Potiphar's wife is throwing herself at Joseph. And his thought is not like, it'll hurt my career. His thought is not like, it could cost me money. His thought is not like, uh, well, what if, what if Potiphar finds out? You know what he goes back to, Joseph? What, the Lord goes, what, what he goes back to? He's like, how can I sin against the Lord? The Lord was on his mind. When David is facing Goliath, what is on his mind? The Lord is on his mind. When Peter sank in the ocean or in the, the lake, the Sea of Galilee, what was on his mind? The storm, when he's walking on water, what's on his mind? The Lord is on his mind. And so out of this, like, the lordship of Jesus is my thoughts are moving more towards spiritual things. The things of this earth are growing strangely dim. And it's not that I don't enjoy them, and it's not that they don't, you know, you know, add uh, value to me and all these types of things. But they're not an idol that I constantly bow my knee to. How many of us now, like in our phone-obsessed culture, our phone is always on our mind? And that app and that game is always on our mind. And like, we're playing it while we're not even playing it. And we're thinking about what we'll do next on it. Or like a show is always on our mind. And somebody says, well, what's the, this is like, this is next level. For everyone listening to podcasts, I'm talking to staff. This is next. This is for the deep sheep. <laughs> and this is why it's my favorite. Uh, because on Sunday mornings, I can now kick my coverage. But here I'm expecting you know how to catch the punt. Uh, and so so out of this, um, what are you constantly thinking about, genuinely? What is constantly the thing you're checking? Who is the person you're constantly trying to please? How many of us took more thought this morning of what we would look like to each other? And how much of us took time to look like how we look like to the Lord? What is always on my mind? What is always the thing I'm looking at? Is it Him? Is it the Lord? And the more spiritual I get, the more in Christ realities begin to take over, that in him I live, I move, and I have my being, as as Paul said. Like, I'm, I'm at this place where I'm in him, and Christ is in me, and my awareness of Christ and what is pleasing to him, and my awareness to Christ of my position in him, that now the thing that used to have my attention, say it's a problem, sickness and disease, it does not have my attention. Why? I'm in Him. I, I don't see Goliath like everyone else sees Goliath. I see Goliath through the Lord. I'm standing in Christ. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Why? I'm so mindful of Him. That the Lord is with me in this moment. And uh, the problem, and what to do in the problem, it's just not, it's not even bothering me. Why? Christ has been made unto me wisdom. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know what to do. He will show me. He will guide me. I know. What is that? It's being more, er, more, more uh, spiritually aware than earthly aware, more spirit conscious than physically conscious. Does this make sense? And so when we're willing to take Isaac, and, 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 you know, even with children, this is an interesting thing to me because my children are on my mind a lot. And, and you know, if you're a parent, <laughs> you kind of signed up for that. Um, but in, in this kind of, um, you know, world, Jesus said when he was on the earth, if you esteem them or father or mother more than me, you are not worthy of me. You are not worthy of me. Because the the call of, of Christ, what is always on his mind? The Lord's mind. What's always on his mind? You. That Did he esteem heaven highly? No, he left it. He took on the form of a servant. And he left his heavenly abode. He left perfect peace in the flesh. He left a place where he didn't have to suffer a lick. And he came to this earth and he suffered. He suffered shame. He suffered all those things. Why? For the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? You. You were always on his mind. And and this is why I I, I don't have to take thought for my life. Take no thought for your life. Why? He already is. Fear not, little flock. It's my pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. Like, you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the things that the Gentiles seek will be added to you. They don't have to be on your mind, because you are always on my mind, and I will affectionately take care of you. And so we come to Him and say, and I will affectionately take care of you. Who can I bless today? Who can I help today? And God will tell you, rid yourself of this and give it to them. Because you're praying like, uh, Lord, bless them. And he's like, I will through you. (laughs) And you do it because it means nothing to you. Willingly, gladly, humbly. These earthly things mean nothing to you. The status, the fame, the likes, the comments... The, the brand, the car, the house. You use it for what you use it for. But at the end of the day, if there was strife, what would you do? Give it all away. It's not worth it. I don't want to displease Him. I don't want to dishonor Him. I, I want to please the Lord in all things. How could we go about doing this even better? Slow down and check your heart. Slow down and check your heart. Constantly turn to the inside. Would the Lord desire me to say this? Would this displease Him? Would the the Lord desire me to joke about this? Slow down the next time you reach for a phone. Slow down the next time you reach for the the um, the. um, um. I had an instance this morning. I was tired. I was on my way to the, the to work out. I'm like, I need something to get me going. Uh, And I thought immediately in my mind, and I haven't had this thought for a long time, I'm like, I'll listen to something uh, that will, like, get me, like, going. Because, like, I work out with a 60-year-old, but he's, like, a Marine. And he is crazy strong. Like, crazy. Like, I'm like, what in the world? Like, Jack. I was in, like, the locker room the other day. He took off his shirt. And I'm like, you did that just to shame me. Uh, Like, I mean, he is Jack Jack. He is... I've never seen anything like it, Uh, you know, and he's, he's, he's great. But anyway, I'm like, I know he's going to punish me because I missed yesterday. Uh, And so it's just his nature. Uh, And out of this, I'm like, I need to get ready. Like I need to get going. And so I thought I had this thought come to turn on music that had like a beat to it. You know, something that just get the, get the engine revving. And then I thought back to, I had this thought come from my heart of what happened Sunday p.m. You ought to come to Sunday PMs. Um, and, and every I'm saying that for the people on podcasts, too. There's something different there. It's kind of like this. There's just something different in the water. Um, and, and out of that um, Sunday p.m. at the end, I just had this like song come up out of my heart and just had a moment of being filled with God's spirit. And it was basically like surrender and like whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And like these types of things. And like in my, so in my mind, I'm thinking, I need something to get me going, like rev the engine, get me ready. And then in my spirit comes this thought of like, I surrender. And I'd rather have connection with the Lord than a good workout. I'd rather be sensitive to his spirit than to have my engine revved with a beat. And it's moments like that that the flesh is at war with the spirit. Which one wins? Whichever one you yield to. And if, what is yielding? It's slowing down long enough to pay attention. Uh, We're teaching Reese how to drive. Yielding is key. (laughs) Slow down long enough to pay attention. Is something coming? And sometimes it's all clear. Go. But other times, there's something you don't need to miss. And the more spiritual we become, the more yielded we become to the Spirit of God. And we slow down, and we're listening to our heart, and we're slowing down, and we're we're leaning towards our inward man, uh, the hidden man of the heart, and we're becoming more Christ-like, and we're coming and answering that call to come up higher. Amen. We never got to point two, which was all the notes were for, uh, but I guess it doesn't hurt. Uh, for another little lesson on point number one um, let 's pray today, Father, we come before you. we love you. we surrender to to your Lord Jesus. We surrender to your Lord Jesus. All to Jesus, we surrender. Father, let our heart be in tune with you. Let us seek those things that are above. Let us have these these moments of, of just deep surrender. deep consecration. Our life is not our own. We surrender, Lord Jesus.